Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Vanity or sanity? What's the reason you exercise? Now, when it comes to exercise, the majority of exercise studies, what do they focus on? Well, they focus on the parts of the body, generally from the neck down, right? The heart, the muscles, the lungs. What about from the neck up? So exercise and depression. That's the topic of today's show, and it is one that is very close to my heart, and it is so important. And my whole philosophy about exercise is that it's not just about weight loss, that the benefits are so far beyond the scale. And if this show doesn't support that, then what does? So we exercise for our bodies, but we also exercise for our brains. And I make the joke pretty frequently, especially when I'm on TV, QVC, uh, the home shopping channel network in Canada, I do frequently. And I use that line all the time. I used to exercise for vanity and now it's primarily for sanity. And I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'm not. So in today's show, we're going to talk about exercise and depression. I'm going to give you a handful of studies that support how powerful exercise is in combating depression because it is ridiculously, in some studies it shows just as, if not more powerful than pharmaceutical inter intervention. And I can't start this topic without bringing back up that Peloton commercial controversy when, and this is one of the things that jumped out at me immediately, and if you haven't listened to the show I did on that, listen to it. Show all about that Peloton commercial controversy and why so many people said, well, why is the husband buying the wife an exercise bike? She's already skinny. 
And I thought of my wife who works like crazy and does so many things outside working full time. And she exercises for her sanity to keep her energy levels up, to keep doing what she's doing. Has n- <laughs> I always start to say nothing to do. Of course, it has something to do with the vanity as we get older. But primarily, as we get older especially, it's to feel good. And it's to be able to have the energy to do what we do. So that was one of my major, amongst many others, issue with that Peloton commercial and the controversy that followed it. Exercise is not just for the body, it's for the brain. And depression is enormous. You know, you look at the statistics. One outlet said one in 10 adults in the United States struggles with depression. Another said 16%. I would say it's more. It's obviously on a spectrum, but many go undiagnosed. And it's an issue. So this is one of the reasons, by the way, I have always said one of the worst things that could ever happen, and it won't, by the way, there would always be crazy side effects. They will never come up with an exercise pill. And topic for another show, but the exercise pill, if you could just take a pill and be skinny, the amount, think of the depression and all of the negative, negative connotations that would come with that and and negative effects, I should say but it's not going to happen, so don't worry about it. But I will give you not only the studies on exercise and depression, I'm going to give you about seven points on why. A couple you're going to be familiar with, and then some will make sense to you, and some you might not have thought of. But the connection between exercise and depression and feeling good, that's why I do it. If you told me I couldn't get my workout in, I would freak out. (laughs) And you can get there. I know so many of you are not there. People say, I hate exercise. No, you don't. You just haven't found that thing that you do that makes you feel good. And why does it make you feel good? I'm going to tell you. When we come back from the break, we're going to start with hormones, the feel-good hormones that we've all heard about. And I'm going to give you some of the latest studies that actually show maybe it's not that. It's going to confuse the issue to some degree, but we'll bring it all home and, and it will all make sense. So we're talking about exercise and depression. Why is it so powerful? Why is exercise almost, if not more powerful than some pharmaceutical interventions? When we come back, I'm going to tell you why. We'll be right back. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. 
Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Talking about exercise and depression, okay? And something that's, uh, as I started the show by saying, super close to my heart, not going to make this about me, but suffice it to say that the reason, one of the reasons I've done so many races is it is one of my ways of feeling good. Exercise makes me feel good. And it has been a saving grace to me over the years for numerous reasons, but especially that, okay? And I'm going to get to those points in a second. But let me say this, okay? We're going to talk about hormones. And when I was doing my research, as I always do, and and compiling my notes for this show, Harvard Health Letter, just this is just some of the confusions. And I'm nitpicking a little bit here, but it bears fleshing out. So one of the Harvard Health Letters that had to deal with what I'm going to talk about, the feel-good hormones to start this off, their quote is this, High-intensity exercise releases the body's feel-good chemicals called endorphins, resulting in the runner's high that joggers report. Does anyone find something wrong with that sentence? I'm going to say it one more time. High-intensity exercise, remember that, releases the body's feel-good chemicals called endorphins, resulting in the runner's high that joggers report. First of all, joggers. (laughs) It's an old term. But jogging is not high-intensity. It's not high-intensity. Oh, and, and the final part to that, Quote is, but for most of us, the real value is in low-intensity exercise sustained over time. What the heck do you think marathon running is? You can't do high-intensity exercise for a marathon. So you may say, I'm I'm nitpicking. Yeah, but it all matters. Because when people go high-intensity, low-intensity, when they ask people what their intensity level is for exercise, well, if you think that high-intensity exercise is running a marathon, no. And when people so off track, but when people say, you know, get a massage after a marathon to get rid of the lactic acid, well, there's not a lot of lactic acid after a marathon because generally speaking, you are at a low intensity and low intensity, your body burns that lactic acid as fuel. Different show. But my point is this, it's confusing. High intensity exercise, no, feel good hormones come from exercise. And so that's where we're going to start because that's the thing we've all heard of, the runner's high. Okay, and there was a well-known writer who once wrote a whole piece on how the runner's high is garbage, that it doesn't exist. And I I, I personally went berserk because I'm going, so what are you telling me? That what I feel when I exercise isn't happening? Now, again, I know what this writer was doing, and I will get to it, the science behind these hormones, but there's a runner's high, people. Many of you have experienced it. Some of you have not yet. And let me say this too. 
I get not only the runner's high, but when I do indoor cycling and cycle outside as well, but I get a totally different yet similar high from cycling. So it's not just from running. You can get it from so many different types of exercise. And that is one reason people get addicted. I love that exercise addict, as if that's a negative connotation, right? But it's not just from running. Okay, so we've all heard of that. So the thing we're going to start off by talking about when it comes to exercise and depression are the feel-good hormones, right? When you exercise, your body releases chemicals called endorphins, okay? These are often referred to as feel-good hormones. What are they? Well, they're peptides produced by the brain, and they bind to the brain's opiate receptors, okay? They reduce the perception of pain, and they trigger good feelings, feelings of euphoria. The runner's high, okay? They trigger that positive feeling you get, many of you have gotten when you exercise, similar to that of morphine, people. Holy cow, okay? The neuron receptors the endorphins bind to, those are the very same ones that bind some pain medications. Is this starting to make sense? Okay, two of these hormones are serotonin and norepinephrine, okay? And those two have been tied to depression. And when you exercise your brain, guess what? It increases the production of these neurotransmitters. And if and when you take drugs for depression, what do many of them do? They're called SNRIs, okay? Serotonin, norepinephrine, nor, it's tough to say, especially when I get worked up, serotonin, norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, okay? What do they do? They increase the levels of those two things, serotonin and norepinephrine, in the brain by blocking or delaying their reuptake by the nerve. So they're keeping that in your system. So does that not make complete sense as to why exercise might make you feel good? It's the same thing. They're, they're, what the brain produces naturally from exercise, these drugs are trying to keep in your body, keep levels of that higher because in depressed people, they found that those chemicals and hormones and others are lower. And here's the, the problem, though. And I have many friends, and again, a really close experience with this myself, there's side effects to those drugs. And two of the side effects are, holy cow, not good ones, fatigue and weight gain. It's all going to come together. It's all So weight gain, people gain weight, they don't feel good about themselves, and they get depressed. So we would probably try to avoid the drugs if we can. And let me say, I say this about every drug. If your doctor says you need to take something and you, you do that, you know, the goal is to obviously for me, depending on the condition, is to, when appropriate, try to get off those drugs. But many people need them for many different reasons. So you listen to your doctor and you only go off them when you're told by your medical professional to do so. But they're connected. And many people use exercise to prevent depression for all of these reasons that we're talking about. Okay, so endorphins. Now, here's the confusion. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to have to go here. But so back to that writer who wrote about the runner's high doesn't exist. Well, what she was alluding to, and she's right in that, endorphins are really big molecules, people. And they are too large to fit through. They call it the brain's gatekeeper, okay, the blood-brain barrier. So wait a minute. If those hormones can't really get through, what's the mechanism? So we're, we're not quite sure. But let's leave it at that. So you feel good and, they're, you know, it's in your body. But there's, there's a little science that says, hmm, something tricky going on with that. But there's something called an endo—these <laughs> words just kill me. 
endocannabinoid. <laughs> endocannabinoid, all right? It's our body's own version of cannabis. There you go. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys, but I get it through my exercise, okay? And this one's really, it's called Anandamida, okay? And it's spelled, just if you're curious, A-N-A-N-D-A-M-I-D-E, but it's pronounced Anandamida. And again, it's an endocannabinoid, and it's one of our body's own version of cannabis, okay? And here's the thing. So they're starting to say, well, maybe this is the one that makes us feel good because unlike endorphins, it can actually make its way from the blood to the brain, Okay, and our mood, happiness, fear, anxiety, uh, it's all regulated by this endocannabinoid system. And they're starting to look at this anandamida because levels associated, um, low levels have problems, schizophrenia, depression, and many other things. So maybe that's the thing. And here we go. Scientists have found what? That after 30 minutes of exercise, our levels of anandamida increase. So is it serotonin? Is it anandamida? Is it, you know, norepinephrine? We don't, we don't, it's something. It's one of those hormones. And, and when I bring the show all together, we're going to go, does it really matter which one? <laughs> Are we not overthinking it to some degree? Yeah. All right. So the hormone theory, the body releases really good feeling hormones. Which ones do what? We're not quite sure. We're still figuring it out. Um, so that's part of it. And then... One other is that exercise causes the release of proteins called neurotropic or growth factors, okay? And these cause nerve cells to grow and make new connections. And that's super exciting, everybody. Again, your brain, all right? The improvement in brain function makes you feel better, okay? What they show is in people who are depressed, neuroscientists have noticed that the hippocampus in the brain, and that's the region, everybody, that helps regulate your mood, it's smaller. So exercise supports the nerve cell growth in the hippocampus. You get more nerve cell connections, and that is been, has been shown, is showing to help relieve depression. So it's changing your brain in a positive way, and that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you got the hormones. You've got this restructuring, kind of reformation of certain aspects of your brain. And this is blood flow, everybody, to your brain. Blood flow is so important. So exercise, yes, it's really good for the heart. Yes, it's really good for the muscles and the balance and the coordination and all those other shows I've done. But I love this topic because it's so important. Look better, feel better, live longer. And the feel better part is several different factors, okay? So whether it's unandamida, or serotonin, or norepinephrine. All I know is when I go out for a run, it feels good. It feels good. Something's going on, right? And now let me get to give you seven other points, seven other things to think about when it comes to exercise and depression. Number one, it changes your thought pattern, your thought cycle. So those negative uh, thoughts, we all have that negative self-talk. And I love this topic again for so many reasons, including... You know, that's why I went back and did the master's degree with sports psychology and exercise science. The mind is so connected to all this. It's not just about the body. It's actually, depending on what we're talking about, the mind is more important. If you think you can or think you can't, you're right, right? So for all those people who have, are, are depressed or feeling not good about themselves, it's very simple. 
Exercise takes your mind off your worries, right? So you can get away from those negative thoughts, that horrible cycle of negative thoughts. When you're in a spin class, you're taking a class at home or out in a, that's all you're thinking about. So that is so powerful and simple. Okay, not something on the scale. It's not about weight loss. We're talking about changing those negative thoughts. And one of my favorite topics, talked about it many times, exercise, and especially if you're going towards a goal, whether it's a 5K, you know, walking around the block for the first time, uh, achieving a fitness-related goal, it builds confidence. It builds self-efficacy, and it improves your self-esteem. Okay, when you meet an exercise goal or an exercise challenge and, and small ones, there are no small ones, boosts your self-confidence. That's self-efficacy. That's why diets get me so crazy because you think you fail at something. You didn't fail. You actually did what it asked, but it wasn't meant long-term. And that decreases your confidence. That decreases your self-efficacy. That decreases your self-esteem. So exercise and meeting those challenges, the, and, and small ones are the ones I want, that builds upon itself. Okay? Number three, increase social interactions. So, so many people, when they start to exercise, what do they do? They join a walking club. They go to a, a gym and start taking a class. Even the home workouts now, you're kind of connected to people in a totally unique way. And one of the, you know, again, I love, I bring it up all the time, Blue Zones, the book and the studies on people who live really, really long lives. Social connections is one of the top things, criteria that these people have in common that live over 100. Most of them are not living by themselves. They are connected to people. We need that we are, we are social animals as human beings, okay? So exercise and physical activity, it gives you the chance to socialize with others depending on what you're doing. I love to go out on my runs by myself, but I also love to go to the gym to be around people every now and again. I mix it up. You know, a friendly smile, as they say, or, you know, talking and interacting and, and engaging with people that increases your mood. Number four, coping strategies. Okay, what do most people, if you watch these horrible, I would say, you know, horrible is a strong term, you know, these reality shows with these severely overweight people, what's their coping strategy? It's eating. That's how they cope with stress and they cope with depression and negative thoughts. Exercise is simply one of the best ways to cope. And you can turn to alcohol, you can turn to drugs, you can turn to exercise. And when I started doing Ironmans, there were many people who would call it the 12th step, 13th step, 13th step. <laughs> and for good reason. There was a lot of people who had issues that similar with what I just brought up that were now using exercise to combat them or help combat them. And why is that? Increased self-esteem, increased confidence, increased self-efficacy, feeling good about yourself, being around people. There's a reason, and it's pretty darn obvious to me, why people do these races, including myself. Being around people, achieving things, feeling good. So healthy coping strategies, that's so important. I've talked about, you know, I always said I would never own a gym. I did it for a little over a year or two, right around, a, I think it was almost two years. <laughs> I didn't even want to, it was stressful. It was stressful. And because I live what I preach, 
when I would get stressed at the gym, I'd go out for a run. When something would happen, I'd go out, which was another reason I shouldn't own a gym because there's a lot of stressful times, and I'd go out for a three-mile run. But that's my coping strategy. I've learned what works. I didn't eat bad foods. I didn't take drugs. I knew that I needed a hit of whether it's serotonin or unindomita or norepinephrine. I knew that exercise and a run or jumping on a stationary bike, doing something makes me feel good. Okay. Number five, and this is connected to uh, number four and connected to everything. It reduces stress. It reduces stress. And part of that is hormonal. They're looking at, right? The, what, what I talked about at the start of the show. And here's an amazing thing though. The second part of reducing stress, it improves your stress response. Stress is a response. And when I used to say this to clients or have this discussion with certain people, they get angry. Because they're like, no, I'm stressed. I go, yeah, but that's a response. You're not stressed. You choose to be stressed. Stress is a response. And we're in control of that. And exercise helps you do that, right? You know, when someone goes nuts at me at an intersection and usually, you know, cut me off in the car and then starts flipping me the bird, giving me the finger, I smile. Exercise has taught me to do that. You're not going to get my heart rate up. And stress will kill you. The heart and strokes and all of that stuff that's connected to our stress response. So holy cow, is that amazing? Hormones for stress response and then learning the ability to control that stress response. And it's controllable. Huge part of sports psychology. Huge part. If you disagree with me, don't worry. I'll be doing a show about it really soon. <laughs> it's a response, a flow chart. I love it. All right. Exercise is going to help with depression and anxiety and all those things that come with it by enhancing your body's ability to respond to stress. It gives your body a chance to practice. And listen, this is another reason, having done those Ironmans and ultras all around the world, that was a part I started, so many things go wrong. And what I've learned, the exercise was part of it, the travel was stressful, and then things went wrong in the races, jellyfish in the face in China. I've talked about, uh, you know, everything that could go wrong, bike crash in Australia, but you keep moving forward and you learn that you can. Oh my gosh, this, this, is, this is what my life's work is all about, is closely tied to this show. Exercise and pushing our limits and achieving our goals and setting those smaller goals that build our self-efficacy and learning that we can get through it. Learning to respond to stress. Holy cow. Such an important part of exercise that is almost never talked about. Do you ever see a commercial for <laughs> uh, fitness equipment where they talk about, hey, you're going to be able to respond to stress? No, you're going to lose weight. I'll give you two more. I could spend three, five, 20 hours on, on stress and, and our response to it. It improves your sleep, everybody. You can take a drug for it, for depression, or, and or you can exercise. Same thing with sleep. And it's that snowball effect, right? You get depressed, you don't sleep, you eat, you gain weight, you don't feel good about yourself. Well, exercise, you push yourself, and you're going to sleep better and longer. And finally, and I put this at the way end, number seven, last, but it's part of it, you're going to look better. When you look better, you feel better about yourself for the most part, but it's Last on the list for me. When you feel better about your appearance, you're going to feel better about yourself. So there you go. I'm going to give a bunch of quick studies when we come back from the break to show you that there is science behind this. And we're going to pull it all together. But 
holy smokes, exercise and depression, and you're in charge of the dosage, which is really cool. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, so a couple quick studies just to show you that I'm not just pulling this out of the air, and I could give you a hundred. And I know some of you out there want them, (laughs) but the majority, shorter shows, keep it uh, nice and tight. So we're going to do that. Okay. First study, January of 2019, assessment of bi-directional relationships between physical activity and depression among adults. And this was in JAMA Psychiatry, all right? Over 600,000 participants. And their question was simple. Does physical activity have a potential causal role in reducing risk for depression? What did they find? Yes. (laughs) Higher levels of physical activity, and they did this indexed by objective accelerometer data, were linked to reduced odds for major depression. And one of the authors of this study said, and I quote, overall, this study supports the hypothesis that enhancing physical activity is an effective prevention strategy for depression. All right. And he went on to say, physical activity is good for a lot of things. It may have benefits not only for all aspects of your health, but it looks like your risk of developing depression. All right. And that was Journal of American Medical Association, 2019, recent. 
Okay, number two, go down in order of when these studies were done. Title of the study, Association of Efficacy of Resistance Exercise Training with Depressive Symptoms. Same thing, JAMA Psychiatry, but June of 2018. And here's what I love. Here's why I gave you this one. First one, cardiovascular. This is about strength training. And this was a really good meta-analysis of 33 clinical trials, almost 2,000 participants, okay? And (laughs) we think of cardio when we think of relieving depression, right? I love going to the gym and lifting weights. I love lifting weights at home. I love doing body weight exercises. And what the analysis of all these studies show is the empirical evidence supports that resistance training is an alternative therapy for depressive symptoms. And the analysis of these studies found that resistance exercise training, such as weightlifting and strength training, same thing to me, is associated with significant reduction in depressive symptoms. All right. And really cool thing. You go, well, what kind of strength training? The researchers saw improvements in a wide range of strength training programs. Okay. One more. One more quick one. I I feel like I should give you a bunch, but like, does it not make sense? Is it not so many of these? I know uh, one of my first shows, people said, you know, Captain Obvious. The answers are obvious, people. We'll pull it all together. It's the application that's challenging. That's the rub. Okay, final study, Physical Activity and the Prevention of Depression, a Systematic Review of Prospective Studies. And this was in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine, November 2013. Very simple. The review examined whether physical activity is protective against the onset of depression. Now, this was amazing. They looked at over 6,300 citations. Okay, they were selecting studies. They wanted to get the best studies and look at just those, and they found 30. They analyzed 30 different studies, and 25 of them said absolutely yes. Okay, physical activity was negatively associated with the risk of subsequent depression. Okay, so in other words, physical activity, the more physical activity, the less likely you are to be depressed. And what I love is, and I quote, the majority of these studies were of high methodologic, uh, (laughs) oh my gosh, I need more caffeine. They were were really well done. (laughs) Uh, Providing consistent evidence that uh, physical activity may prevent future depression. Okay, and finally, this is really exciting. There's promising evidence, according to this study, that any level of physical activity, including low levels, Walking less than 150 uh, minutes a week, they said, can prevent future depression. So it doesn't have to be a lot. Nothing has to be a lot. Everything matters, okay? And that's pretty amazing. All right. I want to do a five-hour show on this, and we will do more, just not five hours, (laughs) but I'll have guests, and it's a topic that cannot be done in just one. But this is the first, getting us started. And the primary takeaway I want you to have from this is, that stop thinking about exercise from the neck down. It drives me berserk. And, you know, that's if if the scale doesn't move, as I've said on so many shows, so many people say, well, (laughs) then I'm not being successful. Are you kidding me? And if you're skinny, as the Peloton commercial says, well, you don't need to exercise, you're done. Are you kidding me? It's to feel good too. And stress is one of the major reasons for health issues. And we can control it. And we're in control of the medication, which is exercise, and we're in control of the dose. And what I just uh, showed you or illustrated from the final study is it doesn't have to be a lot and it shouldn't. But let's just wrap it all up. It's a horrible snowball effect. And this is where so many articles that try to oversimplify, is it cardio? Is it strength? Is it diet? It's everything. It's all connected. Okay? 
You get depressed. What happens? You move less. What happens? Those feel-good hormones, you don't get as much of them. So you eat more. So you gain weight. So you don't feel good, good about yourself. So your self-esteem is lowered. So you move less and so on and so on and so on. And that's what, that's the insidious nature of this whole thing. Moving less, feeling worse about yourself. And that's why I started the show by saying an exercise pill, in my opinion, would be the very worst. There could be a novel like written by someone who writes much better than I about like the catastrophic effects of of a weight loss drug. And a huge part of that, in my opinion, would be mental. We need to move. Our bodies were not wired to sit still. And that is not just for our bodies. It's for our minds. And I I would argue we don't even know, like 10, 20 years from now, the true effects of sitting on our brains and the true effects of less exercise and just staring at screens. So you're going to find what works for you. And you're going to start small. So if you're someone who doesn't exercise at all, here's the takeaway. I don't care if if you've stopped exercising, if you haven't done anything, I want five minutes. Just five and and go for a walk. Get on your bike that you haven't gotten on, your stationary bike at home. Five minutes. And and if that's too much, I'll take a minute. But let's try for five. And inevitably what happens, you feel good about yourself. And inevitably what happens oftentimes is you end up doing a little bit more. But exercise for your brain. Exercise to feel good. And that's what is so powerful that I am so fortunate. I feel so fortunate that I've been able to travel the world and do all the races I have done. And listen, I sacrificed a lot (laughs) to do that. But I knew the value and the power of what I was doing for the the career I was in. And I realized the, the incredible connection that exercise and shooting for those goals and building my confidence to where I can pretty much jump into any situation and I'm good. And the stress response, I'm good because you learn to keep it together, people. You know, when you're swimming in, in New Zealand first time and you can't, you've never, <laughs> you've never, you know, I'm not a swimmer as I've talked about. And, and you know, you're with 2,000 other people kicking and fighting and anyone who's done a triathlon knows what I'm talking about. You learn to control your stress response. Then when you crash a bike and you run in, you know, swim into jellyfish and just crazy things happen. And, and that's life. And that is one of the incredible powerful values of exercise is it's not just about the body. It's about so much more. And I love the fact that I'm in charge and you're in charge of that. You don't need a prescription. You don't have to go to the doctor and you can take as much as you want of the exercise as you need. And it can be a walk. It can be a run. It can be taking your dogs out. And let me finish by this actually. I talked about how Harvard kind of, I would say, muddied high intensity in running and marathons. I don't have to name who it was, but a very (laughs) well-known clinic uh, similar to Harvard said physical activity and exercise are not the same thing. I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying, and I'm splitting hairs once again, but but they kind of are. And I I think we're going to get away from the term exercise, and it's about physical activity. And they talk about purposeful, I get it, but just move. Because when you stop moving... All these negative things happen and you move less. And it's that snowball effect I talked about. All right. I love this topic. Uh, it is truly so close to my heart. I would love to do a personal dump <laughs> of, of psychological connections to this. Uh, today's not the day. Uh, suffice it to say, I am living proof that exercise and depression works. 
amazingly. Okay. And if you're not feeling good about yourself, and this is one of my favorite things back when I was a trainer was getting that person out the door. I used to just walk with people and it was getting them out the door and feeling good about yourself. And sometimes we would run short amounts. Sometimes we wouldn't, but it was about getting them feeling good about themselves. And one of the best ways to do that is through exercise. Thank you for listening. If you have not rated the show, please, I really appreciate it. And you're doing, we're getting there. We're building them up and it helps build the show. And, and again, I'm very appreciative when you do rate the show, leave comments. Uh, I'm trying to find a way <laughs> uh, for you. I get a lot of questions. Tom H fit is my Instagram. People are sending questions there. Tom H fit is my Twitter as well. And fitnessdisrupted.com. You go there and, and email me through the site. It takes you right to my homepage as well. Thank you for listening such an important show. If you're not feeling good about yourself, get out the door and get started. I'm Tom Holland. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Iberostar Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.